We got an email from Mike. I'm not sure if it's Bosma or Bosma. Bosma. B-O-S-M-A. Bosman. He said, I thought you might like, might, might, might like this for banter. <laughs> Sorry. Wow. May That's like this for banter. I messed up awful. my bad. Why don't the English use the T's in words like wa-a, be-a? I don't know. Maybe it's a... Or maybe that's just a, according to dialect. Maybe some of them do, some of them don't. I don't know any that use the Englishmen that use the tea. Maybe they like tea. They, they drink do. tea. They got mad when we threw it overboard. Hamsters are remarkably hamsters. Hamsters. Hamster. Hamster. Wouldn't hamster. Wasn't Richard Gear into hamsters? <laughs> hamsters were in Richard Gear. Welcome to the Board Game Snobs Podcast. Critically harsh reviews with a touch of class. go yes you're here you're here now listening to the board game snobs the here and now podcast Mm. live in the present i say that's what i do there's no time like it i love presents i like to give as good as i get this is jerry the star of the show of the podcast that i'm gobby the primary host about board games please send us hate mail we are podcasts that talks about board games all you philanthropists send me hate mail Philanthropist, send us money. What's the email? For board, board game snobs at gmail.com. And PayPal me. Which stands for Google Mail. Pay- Did you know that? It, yeah. Interesting fact. Fun fact. Mm, hotmail.com. I, I find that people use the term fun fact way too loosely. Have you ever heard a fun fact? I've I've heard facts, but, but I derived no fun from what, them. What defines a fun fact? What defines fun first? Uh, okay. First, define fun, and then you can define what a fun fact may be found uh, places. That was Yoda ish. I think something that is fun by definition, which I do not have in front of me, written by the way that Gobby's moving his phone around. He, is, I'm looking at the definition of fun according to Webster's dictionary, which is the only trusted dictionary. They use dirties. Because actually, Apple tends to use Oxford languages for some reason. Fun, noun, enjoyment, amusement, or lighthearted pleasure. Adjective, amusing, entertaining, or enjoyable. Verb, joker tease, as in poke fun. So has a fact ever brought you pleasure? I said that weird. Has a fact ever brought me pleasure? I would say yes. There's many times where I read articles that list various topics such as like this movie on this movie set this happened or or did you yeah, know that I enjoy that type of there's fact. this many types of penguins and that type of thing oh speaking of which i have some fun facts <laughs> regarding things about raiders of the lost ark did you know that the dog joke from last crusade is based in reality he's named after the dog lucas luke george lucas Named Indiana Smith, I guess that was the name they came up with before Indiana Jones, after his Alaskan Malamute dog. My mom was named after the dog. Her name was Henry? Candy. Who who, who had the dog named Candy? Her parents? Her grandmother. They had a dog named Candy. Mm-hmm. And she was named after the dog, R.I.P. Not I my mom. My mom's alive. Candy. That's a song. Uh, yeah, my mom's alive. Remember uh, that? Yeah. That was a weird. That was a weird. Because that's, again, what candy are they referring to? Reese's peanut butter cups. The rest of the song actually made no sense. Reese's peanut butter cups are the candy, technically. Uh, We looked this up recently in terms of like sales and everything else. Kit Kats are highly rated. I'm not pro Kit Kat. Why not? Because I don't like the fact that there's, it's just a bar. But to make you think there's more of them, they... They, 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 they kind of put, like, yeah, the crunchy sound into it, and that just kind of irritates you, because it's basically... I, I like crunch. I like the texture. Texture. Tom Selleck was the original choice for Indiana Jones. Yeah, we knew that. Everybody knew that? Mm-hmm. That's oh. been known for a long time. Well, so, look, you got to get off this, because so we're, your, your, your topics, we're discussing that's an actual so fun. fun topics. Oh, okay. So... 
fun facts, and none of those are fun. Those are just things that you're reading off of bestlife.com. What if you come up with a fun facts, a sheet of paper that you could fax to another company, and they pick it up on the other end, and are like, oh, that's fun. As somebody who's anti-fax, <laughs> I would not do that. I would do fun. You're, you're, so you're fun anti. You're anti fun facts. I'm anti facts. I would do fun emails, fun emissions, mm. fun email emissions. Fun e- <laughs> yes, I would send what? emails that Aren't are fun. They all fun. Yes, I would send them to people, and they would read my emails, and they would be like, "This is a fun email." That's what would happen. Oh. Because I don't like faxes. They are superfluous. I do not know why faxes Superfluous, that's a good word. Even exist. Superfluous means unnecessary, correct? Correct. Mm. So, either way. Redundant I also means unnecessary, but it also means like you've come no, upon it redu- twice. No, yeah, it's twice. I was going to read an email before we got off on this uh, from a listener. I've done forgot where we originally started the conversation. I was from Michael Vinoy. Oh, no. He was talking about his hobbies and that he loves comics. Regarding our discussion a month ago, right. it's hard to record all these podcasts right. we, time-wise. I think I, there's, you just got other ones. Someone sent you an email about hamsters. Uh, that see. was Mike Bozma, and I've already... I actually didn't get to read it, but go ahead. Go ahead. You want to read it? Probably Mr. Bozeman's thing about hamsters. Jared sent this email. You know Jared Rutledge? I've got it pulled up right here. Read the hamster one, then I'll read about it. They're Jared. remarkably tolerant of alcohol. It's nearly impossible to get them drunk. Now, I don't know why you would want a drunk hamster. Researchers at the University of Alaska Anchorage interested in learning about alcohol metabolism and hamsters experimented with the doses of alcohol to see if they would eventually succumb to intoxication. Why are they trying to roofie these hamsters? Not roofie, and they're just getting them having fun. Just well, a little more, pouring them a little more red wine. What are they giving them? I, 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 I like Fireball red. What? <laughs> now that's the what is it? Uh, is this a college? It is a university, so yeah, yeah probably fireballs. Yeah, smearing off ice. Oh, that Jägermeister. That's what college kids no, are into. Jägermeister's good. You put root, root, Jägermeister and root beer is legit. I thought it was Red Bull. No, Jägermeister. I've root actually beer. never had Jägermeister. Jägermeister and root beer, it's good. I Trust think it's me. It's a type it. of vodka. Or no, something. no, no. It's it, a it's, type of. It's something. not a type of anything. It's a, it's a floral <laughs> it's just liqueur. It is. It's a German liqueur made from ground up deer antlers. It says they found that the rodents did not show signs of impairment, even at at least this number. I don't know. A lethal dose for most humans. Apparently, they have super livers. Okay, so this we should is my grind thing. up hamster livers and put it in pills and take it. I am not a physician. <laughs> that's what, that's a, I'm not I'll a physician. That with my milk thistle, for I, my liver. I exactly. <laughs> I, put hamster livers ground up into milk thistle. The reason I'm good to go. Okay, first off, don't do that. <laughs> uh, secondly, the reason I make that joke is because th- that went around in the healthcare community for a while about sharks. So somebody said, Mark sh- Cuban, what? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> took me a second there. Sharks can't get cancer. So thus. And for that reason, I'm out. We should take bo- their bones and have shark cartilage. I just, it, I, it doesn't work that simply. None of that's true, though. Sharks do get cancer. But somebody just said that out loud and then they went and did a thing. But isn't it also like a thing? I mean, according to. And now uh, they're billionaires. So my point <laughs> is we should take. According to Deep Blue Sea, sharks don't also suffer from Alzheimer's, so we should just grind up their brains and eat them. We should take hamster liver and sell it on the website with our t-shirts. We could start our own website and people would buy it no. because hamster liver. And, and connect our PayPal to that. We could, could hire just... an actor such as perhaps Richard Gere. Sure. I'm Richard Gere, fan of, oh, what's the show he's been on? Of Officers and a Gentleman. Hamsters or Gerbils, I don't know. Uh, what's that other show? Pretty Woman? Pretty Woman. The star of Pretty Woman. And I know that some- Runaway Bride. Sometimes you drink, and would you like your liver to- uh, Dr. T and the Woman. Women. Very disturbing scene, because it shows a very realistic birth. Mm. Um, anyways, uh, Richard Gere, if you're out there and you're not doing anything, I don't know what you've been up to. Well, <laughs> uh, get with us. This hamster liver thing is going places. No pun intended. My 
one of my favorite movies of Richard Gere. Underrated. Severe. It's not underrated. It's the fact that most people don't think it's good. Shall We Dance. I love Shall We I Dance. I love that movie. With, with uh, Jennifer Lopez and his wife, Susan Sarandon. I mean, okay. Speaking of crying, I have learned I cry at everything now. You cry all the time. You cry when at he, watching Boba Fett. At the end of the movie, when he's coming up the escalator, and it's got that song going from... Who's that guy? Gabriel. Gabriel. I know who you're talking about. Uh, he's, he sings all those songs. Uh, yeah, yeah, go, keep going. Keep going. Uh, keep going. Anyway, he's up. coming up the stairs, rose in hand, because he's been learning to dance. Was he attracted to J-Lo? Obviously. But he wasn't really dancing because of his feelings for her. He was dancing to be something more for his wife. And in the end of the movie, he rides up that escalator. His wife's working at Macy's, wherever she's working at. And she sees him in the music of Gabriel. Peter Gabriel. Peter Gabriel. The Book of Love. Book of Love. My wife loves that song. It brings me to tears literally every time I watch that movie. That is the best scene. It, it, it's a it's a cheesy movie. It's a poorly rated movie. I love it. It's got Stanley Tucci in it, and I like The Stanley. Tooch! I love The Tooch. His travel show is very good on HBO. I really like Tooch. I love The Tooch. I am pro Tooch. You do not know who Stanley Tucci is? I do not. As we watch the show, I proceeded to call him The Tooch. And I approve. And I like it. The Tooch never fails. He's also on Hunger Games as like the guy that interviews uh, Jennifer Lawrence. Uh-huh. He's the interview guy. He's I got a like, big He's got he's got Boba Fett teeth in that show. That's very wrong. I don't <laughs> no, like you. Sh- I don't white. like you shaming Tamir. <laughs> no, I really don't appreciate it because I know that you've made Tim- f- Tamir, and I like him. He's just not a great actor. I don't think that he. I think he should have liked. I feel a Tamir. Okay. Well, I just, I just, I just, I feel sorry for him. Boba Fett was not that great. You feel a sorry for him. Uh, next, let's see. What level of complexity does a game not become worth a time investment to learn? Asks Jared Rutledge. Dr. Rutledge. He says, for example, him and his wife, when they visit a board game library, will check out a game lower than 3.5 on BGG. Anything? What do they go up to? Five? Yeah. He says anything more complex. He says, also, when I drink, the complexity rating for learning at a con drops at 2.5. I tend to agree with that. I think that conventions are not a great place to learn a complicated game. On, no. the, on the fly. No. Unless you're being taught by somebody who knows what they're doing. Somebody who really enjoys the game. If you're going to do that, you need to take the game and the rule book up to your room and learn it overnight. And that way you can teach somebody. Exactly. So. No one wants to sit around the table, set up the game, and us all learn together. Nobody no, likes learning together. I don't like learning together. That's just how we are. I, I don't like games. And also, it's kind of like. What it's is it worth it to learn a game that is so heavy, so complex? Most of the time, I found no. Like if it's super, com- I, I think of the Lacerda games for the most part. Like <clears throat> all this that's going on, I enjoy the game, but it's not worth all the moving parts. Well, there's games that require a commitment. For instance, you own several coin games. Two. You say several. Two is not several. Two is a couple. Three is several. I thought, I see, you had, I thought you had three. Pendragon. I have Pendragon and Cuba Libre. Cuba Libre. Maybe I was thinking of something else. Uh, but neither of them. I like Big Butts. Been played. That was a big one. But I keep hearing from several people that they're really good. And once one learns them. They really like them. I, I heard have, this from Rodney I have, Smith. I have Cuba Libre, which I is know supposed Rodney to be the Smith. introductory level. Rodney is my friend. We need to set it up and learn it. I haven't done it yet. I don't know. That was one of my New Year's resolutions. It was? Yeah. So we've got the hamster liver. Uh, Speaking thing. of crying, at New Year's, I watched, what's her name? Has a raspy voice. Hannah Montana. Miley Cyrus. Had a, how dare you love Miley Cyrus? 
Okay, she's advanced beyond then. She's become an actual. Uh, she Enrique. She had skills. No, we're not talking about. Tell me. Okay, so, no, 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 let me tell you what I was crying oh, okay. about. Let All me tell you right. what I was crying about. Because right. this it will illustrate to you how ridiculous my emotions are. I and know. My I know. Yeah, so, we all know. Hey, you show your face. <laughs> Example one. When Miley Cyrus come on, and I enjoyed the show, she's a very good singer. But when I cried, I have always, not always, that's stupid. I have for a long time now been a great fan of Brandy Carlisle. She's a singer-songwriter. She tends to write like indie, almost like folk songs. She had a big hit called... That big, huh? <laughs> Yeah, that's okay. Continue I can't on. remember the song. That's okay. But You're she emotional. had a big hit. You're emotional. And it hit MTV, and the video and was a big here hit. Here comes Miley. Across your face. I cannot remind. Mind is shot due to alcohol intake over the course of 10 years. But soon your hamster liver pills will, <laughs> cure, liver will cure that. Anyway, I love Brandy Carlisle. They have to be taken regularly, love- though. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. I love all her songs. Anyway, so Miley Cyrus brings Brandy Carlisle on stage. <gasps> And I was like, oh, my God, she's finally getting the recognition she deserves. She sang one of my favorite songs off one of her albums. And I was legit crying. And Paige looks at me. I was trying to hide it. Paige looks at me. She's like, are you crying? (laughs) And I was like, I'm just so glad to see her getting the recognition she deserves. It was so insane. I'm like, what is wrong? I'm legitimately cry the drop of a hat these days. And it's not that I'm an emotional wreck. It's that I just, like, things move me easily now. I wonder what that means. Besides fiber. People say things move them. Uh, and for me, I, I in general, I just mean in an emotional way, like, either... And at that moment, I'm, no, at that moment, I cried out of joy. I don't do that a, a whole lot. Usually I'm crying over like a movie, you know, but, but it is a movie, like in a movie, like in Coda, when the girl is singing to her deaf dad and he holds her throat to feel her sing, te- call it quits. <laughs> I was done. I was so done. I don't- Coda, nominated for an Oscar, by the way. Shout out to them. I don't think- Troy I- Kotzer. Only like the second deaf person ever to be nominated besides Marley Matlin, who was also in the movie. Excellent movie. I don't think I've ever cried tears of joy. I have. Enrique? Yeah, I have. Of w- I have to really? know. I have to know. <laughs> Did Elden Ring finally come in? <laughs> No, but like the- what Pokemon card did oh, you find? He won Halo on Slayer mode. <laughs> did did you get the nuke on Call of Duty? <laughs> what? What? You became General Duke Nukem. <laughs> but no, there there have been some movies and some TV shows. That I, I need to know that what brought you to tears, whether it be sadness or joy. What TV show? I have to know. And if it was that emotional, it should pop in your head real quick. Right. I think one, it, it's an anime. I know. I'm not go, going to make fun of you. It's going to be for weeb. Nor it your is. pillows. Wait, it's going to be what? It's going to be for weeb. Weeb. For what? Weeb. 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 What is that? I don't know. I don't speak this language. I thought what you did. What is full weeb? Is that the name of the anime? No, no, no. no. I'm looking no, it up. It, it, it's, it's it's slang for something. Yeah, it's a slang for- You have to translate from Gen Z, I've, Jerry. I've got it. I'm looking it up. you got to go, go, go to GenZ.com. Keep, keep, keep talking. Translate. I think probably- you spell weeb? One of the- A weeb is a derisive term for a non-Japanese person who is so obsessed with Japanese culture- that they wish they were actually Japanese. Yeah. Oh. So do you are you a weeb? Do you wish you were Japanese? Is that something we should be saying? Are you a well, culture appropriating Japanese culture? There there has been one anime that I feel like I Attack of the Titan. Not Attacking on the Titan is On the is Titan. A, My bad, I got it wrong. Don't type that in. It's not is, search it, that. It's gruesome. That show is so gruesome. Oh, okay. But it is full metal. You're talking al- about teeth. Full, <laughs> Go ahead. Full, oh, full metal about. alchemist. Full, full metal, metal alchemist. I've full, heard of that. 
There's a live action version on Netflix, I believe. I, it's just the, now here it's terrible. It is terrible. Any anything that's like based off of anime, based on okay. Anime, I don't want to distract you. Focus on what made you cry. It's just, I think one of one of the scenes of where his one of, one of the main characters' uh, brother has technically died. Technically, because I, if people he's on life support. Yeah, you could say that. <laughs> Don't spoil the brother. The brother is trying to figure out how to save his brother from from the situation, and his father, who ha- who he hasn't seen for I don't know seven years, I would say. Mm. And his father's like, "I'll sacrifice my body to bring your brother back from this situation," and this main character character basically resented his his father for just leaving 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 them at an early age for on certain certain circumstances that he didn't understand at the time and during that time their mother died emotional trauma didn't have a mother growing up didn't have a father basically growing up to their they were orphans Basically, and but at this point in the story, Snorfins more like it. Yeah, where's the crying? It gets to the point of where he does care for his father to the point of where he just bursts into tears because he doesn't want to lose his father, like on how he lost his mother and now he's losing his brother as well. So he just bursts in into tears is like don't you dare say that or I'll beat you to a bloody pulp you rotten father so, and he just oh bursts God. in tears so I could like where do I, where can I watch this Japanese cartoon is it on Saturday so mornings it, it on can, TBS or? it can be watched on Netflix, Netflix. or any anime uh, like live stream channel. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to find it Crunchyroll what? Crunchyroll, Crunchyroll has a bunch Crunchyroll? of Crunchyroll. Crunchyroll was like a had a like a lot of anime on it. Crunchyroll, I don't know what that is. It's a streaming service. So when he bursts into tears, you also simultaneously burst into tears. Yeah, because it, it's it's a sad moment at that time of where it's like you felt the weight of what was going on. Because now he's feeling all that. Like all that emotional trauma that he's been through, now it's just kind of caving into him now, where he can't really. I find that interesting. For like that, okay, that I mean, that must be real. It's because you're so invested in the story. Because this is like taking place in like a kind of like alternative, like uh, I think like usually when you're crying tears of joy it's because you're heavily invested in one aspect of it so you're heavily invested like you've really been into the story of this boy and his father and his brother that's dying and the father's want to sacrifice blah 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 he wants to be a metallurgic and, alchemist and me and me explaining what the story is about is just right it'll take two but that's basically the situation of that at the very last of the and show. that's that's fascinating because oftentimes when a lot of times when people cry it's because they relate to something in some way. But oftentimes it's also just that the art being performed is so fantastic it moves you to tears. You have not been in the situation of the full metal alchemist. No. Your father's not sacrificing himself for her, your brother. No. But you appreciate it. I, I felt em- empathy toward the character. Of just and, like right, of what you felt great through. empathy. Yes, just like me, I have no relation to Brandy Carlisle or Miley Cyrus. I've just been heavily invested in Brandy. But when Richard Gere came up that escalator, me being a married man and the stuff that he was going through, I felt like I kind of related to all that. Not, but his right relationship was kind of rocky. Me and Jenna are rock solid. I, 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 it's interesting why. One is moved. I think a lot of times it's the fact that music is the great emotional string puller. Yes. And why? I don't know. I think even scientists have said they aren't quite sure why music is so effectual. Is that a term? 
on your emotions. I think that's a thing. It is. There's a quote, and it's left me now, and I can't remember who it's even accredited to. But it basically gives the idea that music causes you to feel emotions due to the... And it's worded much better. I have to look it up. I'll look it up and post it on Facebook. Much better than this? I doubt it. Uh, it, it, it. It allows you to feel emotions due to the... Well, think think of why in movies there is a soundtrack. Like, why is it that we associate certain sounds with certain things? I remember there being this documentary on that sound producer who made the box that they called, like, the horror box. And it was all these various levers and pulleys that make all the sounds that you traditionally hear in a horror movie. So, like, you remember that, like, that that long, you know, that screech sound, like that, that, that thing, like when something happens, that screeching noise or whatever, those various sounds that you associate with a horror film or the various noises that are very dull, but you just, they, there's something deep down within you that tells you this is spooky. Like, why does this sound give you the creeps? Well, there's something about those sounds that deep down in us, for some reason, those are what those indicate. And that could be because of just entertainment purposes. Like, think of Psycho in the, in the, in the shower. When you're like, wait, 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 yeah, yeah, it's like, like yeah. why that? What, yeah. Well, that sound, what does that sound sound like? Like, uh, is it a dying rabbit? Yeah. <laughs> what is it? It's something that we know this is abnormal and this sets us off. And something that Hans Zimmer does is he just like puts a note in a lot of movies and it's just a straight note, like mm-hmm. in Batman, uh, Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. All those Joker scenes, there's just this like tone in the background. And it's just completely tension building. One I've been obsessed with is that Ludwig Gorgonson. I've said that wrong, but he's the guy who did Tenet and he did all of Mandalorian and Boba Fett. Recently watched an interview of him of all of his other movies. He did Creed and he did several others. And he was talking about how he comes up with sounds. And he was talking about how he come up with the Mandalorian theme. That's a recorder. That's one of those little stupid kids. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's what that is. And he's like. I just ordered a bunch on Amazon. He said, I ordered a bunch of sizes of them. And he says, I just sat around going. (laughs) And I thought, this guy is just sitting in his house. And he wrote an iconic piece of Star Wars theme song. That's like, we associate that sound Mm -hmm. with that guy. That when you even hear it, you know. That's what that is. Has this been the case in Boba Fett? They played it. You're like, oh, Mandalorian. Yeah. And so it's like, and he just sat around in his house with a recorder going. So recently, like I was talking about the Boba Fett theme song, which I think is amazing. Like I, I like the Boba Fett theme song better than I do the Mandalorian. It's not as iconic, but the actual song. Well, at the end of the finale, when they're playing the credits, I did not realize that these people who are vocalizing, they're actually saying Boba Fett. Yeah, I heard that, and I think they it, that was only for this one episode. Right, and I thought, I wonder, is that how he came up with that song? He was like, <laughs> just saying. Boba Fett, Boba Fett. And he's just walking around his house going, rrr, rrr, rrr. And, he's like, and then he just messed with that and then had these people who do that vocalization and that noise and those chants. And he's like, I need a really gruntle. Rrr, rrr, rrr. And they start making it. It's like, yeah, there you go. It's basically Boba Fett, but make it to so where nobody hears it. So there's something about music that makes that calls to mind certain feelings. And since I am unable to relate to this topic at all being a neurodiverse person with very little ways of being able to connect with this type of empathetic feeling such as i don't know crying with miley cyrus at an award show or some weeb <laughs> crying about some japanese cartoon he watched i don't know that we should be using weeb uh, that's probably prerogative are you sure that's something we can Pejorative. say prerogative <laughs> I think if we, if we used it... In- I just got done with this hate mail from the philanthropies, <laughs> stamp collector people. We don't need a bunch of... Well, as You do own a Komodo, though. You have one of those. I actually wish I did. He sits on a commode. <laughs> Speaking of how music can change your feelings on things, I have changed my feelings on several board games as of late. And I got to tell the story. Oh, you okay. cut me off. Time. I'm oh, not going to talk about this because I was do about a hard merge. Well, there's no need to hard merge. No, it. there isn't any because we haven't talked about a board game yet. Uh, well, and we are a podcast that is board game often related. So, speaking of songs, there was a popular song that came out. Cause you all told your song. You all told your little, your little well, thing. We didn't think you had emotions, so we weren't going to involve you in this part of the so, conversation. <laughs> I trying to think if I can even tell this story. Oh my god. Essentially, 
while I was working as a paramedic, I came up to a scene where something horrific had happened. I will leave out all the details because I do Please not. Please do. So, while approaching this scene in the middle of the night, the in one of the individuals that was now deceased was in a vehicle and the radio was on and a very popular song that was at the time but the was playing a song for which i greatly enjoyed completely ruined it uh, to this day yeah every time i hear this song i associated with that event and it, it changed this song from being one that's like huh you know you hear it in the radio yeah. and it's like I remember this song from my youth, right? No, that song is forever embedded in my psyche as... Can you not say the name of the song? It's that... I can't, remember, I can't even remember the name of the song. It's that song... Was it Lighthouse? What was the name of the band? <laughs> Lifehouse? Lifehouse. I think that might be it. There's a band called Lifehouse. I think that's it. I think that was the band. It's, it was like their main song that they were popular. It's the one that's something about... Uh, Hanging by a moment. Hanging by a moment, I think is it. Mm. Like, whatever it was. I think that's their, like, their main song that they were popular for. Yeah, Hanging by a Moment. That's what it was. Look at the lyrics. That song was playing. And that song was very popular for a long time. And it's like a very kind of, oh, you know what? No, I hear that song. I do not get happy when I hear that song. Death and destruction. It's like, ah, that completely switched it. And so... I think that as you're about to hard merge in the board games, that there are emotions connected with certain things, such as with the theme and the various mechanisms that some just speak to certain people a little bit more. And so you can hard merge into your feelings now. So with changing of feelings about about songs due to all circumstances or the change of feeling that a song can give you. I've changed my tune on several games as of late. I've discussed Viticulture, my number one game for a long time. I love that game. I still respect it, obviously. It's one of those, like, I don't even know how you call them. It's like a, it's not a grill game because you can easily access it, but it's like in the top tier of well-respected games and what has done and what it's presented and how people in the hobby view it. But I'm sick of it. I'm tired of it. I have no desire to play Viticulture at this point in time. But more a lot, more of what I'm trying to go into is I have often said, and we have done this, we have played a game. And if we don't like it, we tend to not play it again. If it's so bad that halfway through, I'm like, I cannot finish this game. Then I have zero desire to even try it again. But there's some games I play and I'm like, you know what? It it was okay, but I didn't like this or that. We discussed Tenor's Trail last podcast. The first time we played that, as I slightly mentioned on that one, I didn't like it. I, I, I would play it again, but I just, something about it had bothered me. But the second play of that game completely changed my mind. I was like, you know what? I realized what I messed up on last time. That caused me not to enjoy it. I've rectified that. I'm playing better for me. I now enjoy this game. I see what it's doing. We played Gravewell 2nd Edition. The first time we played it, I was like, you know what? I can see it's kind of, you know, a silly race game. It's it's fun. You play these cards. You advance. And, and if you mess up when you play the card, you could push yourself further back in the race. We got the 2nd Edition. Did not like it. Like, the first time I was like, it's okay. The second time, did I actively did not enjoy it. Very random to me. Was there something else we played? Oh, no, the, 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 we played another game, but it's the first time I played it. But there's been some games that, and, and some games like Empire's Age of Discovery, the more I play that game, the more I enjoy it. So I, I have oftentimes said, if I don't like a game on first play, and Tenor's Trails especially changed my mind on this as of this moment. If something is just okay, I would like to give it a second chance. Play it again. See if there's something I missed. Something I can rectify in my play of the game that will improve said play. Thereby, and then it does affect, if you suck at a game, you're generally not going to like it. But if you do okay, that improves your enjoyment factor. I improved, my score improved tremendously in this game. I'm not saying winning a game means I like a game, but I enjoyed this game so much more 
than the first time I played it, and I'm glad I gave it a second chance. Case in point, Anno 1800. We played that previously. We have not talked about it on the podcast. None of us really cared for it because the card play was way too long for us, and we've talked about it. We've discussed it on our Facebook group, but I still want to play it because I like a lot of that game. I still want to play it one more time and see if we can finish it within an hour or two instead of it going on and on and on. But I want to give that game one more try. I am not one that I have to win a game to enjoy it. Like I can play a game. I can even play it wrong and and or poorly and still greatly enjoy a game. I do think that there is a curve with you if you would look back over your stats. The games that you do well on or win at, you automatically enjoy more. <laughs> I think it's because not just the feel of the game, but there is a certain level of confidence, not so much within the fact that, oh, I won this game, so thus I like it. It's the confidence that I know how to play the game well. Sometimes I think when you play a game and you're not doing well with it, you're not scoring very well, you're not winning, you're not getting up there, it feels like you're doing something wrong. And the worst thing feeling of playing a game is having to look at a rule book and the whole time going, I don't feel 100% that what I am doing is correct. And that takes away from the joy and the confidence of the game and being able to really render a solid judgment in terms of, well, I like this game. Well, do I really like it? Do I feel comfortable to say I know how to play this game? And that's the point with like to your mention about Anyo 1800. I feel like we played it right. I feel like I missed something in it. Like maybe there was a tactic that I didn't do that made this game drag on. One that I held my tongue about and played it with you and then let you play the solo of it and said, here, please learn this, was Imperium Classics. I played Imperium Classics, not in terms of it being solo, but pseudo two players playing both sides when I first got it and thought, I see why people who enjoy Magic the Gathering, you know, with that various terms, do this, this word means this, this, and each deck is different. This is something they would like. This game's not for me. Didn't say anything, got together with you and Enrique and played it. And I think across the board, we all felt like that game was just kind of meh. It kind of gives you that feel of like you're you're building a civilization, but you're also competing with other civilizations as well. It never gave off that type of feeling. Right. Therefore, we didn't. And it it begs to me, and that's a good point, and I'd mentioned this to Gabi about even when he played it solo. He did not enjoy it. He said, you just feels like I'm doing the same thing over and over and over and over. I think that the game's theme, for whatever reason, does not sound off to us. It doesn't feel like a... The game's quote-unquote theme. You're right. It's, it's supposed to be about civilizations. Each deck has a civilization that's... The cards are all different. They all play differently. So there's a lot of variety. But in the end, does it invoke in us this idea that I'm building something. This is my civilization. And for whatever reason, which I would be fascinated to kind of dig down deeper into this, it doesn't feel that way. It feels like I'm just moving cards around. It almost feels like you're just building a civilization without no competition at all. Like you're just you're growing a city and just There is very little interaction in the in the civs that we use there are worse some cards like the romans that you know you remove a card and things of that nature because, because when you hear like hey i want to build a civilization you don't just think oh i'm just going to build a town and feed my people have them grow get more cities and all that no you're thinking of challenges of mm-hmm. is this civilization going have are we going to have peaceful terms with them? Are we going to go to war? Right. Are we going to? And I'll use Enrique what he's bringing up about that in terms of like a theme. I'll, and I'll use Nations as a good example. Nations, another card game, has player boards and all that, but mainly the the main mechanic of the game is utilizing cards. And in that game, you go through various ages. Your civilization gets better. You can focus on military. You can focus focus on education. You can buy cards that represent certain famous figures in throughout history. You build monuments. You go to war with other people. There are you have to feed your people. You have to manage resources. These are all things that you have to juggle. And it gives you the idea of when the game is over. Yes, I had this many. This was the size of my civilization. This is what we did. Whereas with Imperium Classics, 
that is hard to convey through just several cards being put into your deck and then shuffled back out and you're not really managing a particular resource. It's disconnected, I guess is what I'm saying. And so uh, to get back to what Gobby's topic was on playing a game, not liking it, and then replaying it. I think that we kind of know when we play a game, do we like this game? Or did it fall flat for us and we we need to give it another chance? One game famously that I would love to give another chance to is Great Western Trail. Mainly because we played that at a con. It was the greatest game ever made. That's what we were told. Everybody loved it. We came across numerous people that this is our favorite game. We like most of Fister's other games. Yep. And sat down and were com- very much, I didn't understand. Like, I, I did not understand the love of that game. It's got a Rondell. That's my boy. But I felt like we need to play it again just because it's like, I do not get it. I do too. If someone wants to send us a copy of Great Western Trails, we'd love to try it again. Uh, yeah, I forgot they did another edition of it. Like, I got the new it. edition. I don't know it. what it is. I was going to say real quick before we leave Imperial Classics, we played it. Three-player mistake. Everybody is like, this is a solo game. I played it solo, and when you go solo, you got to reference this rule book on everything because you ignore the cards, and depending on symbols, you reference the rule book. The rule book says if it has this symbol, you do this. Completely unrelated to what the card actually does. There's several civilizations, and depending on which civilization you choose, the rules are different. Uh, that's a lot. For me, if you're going to play this game, you might as well just play it two-player because that dude can take care of his own stuff instead of you having to play two parts. But at the same time, it's not worth it to me. I kept thinking, everyone loves this game. Am I missing something? I played it. No, I I don't like it. A lot of the same cards come out. I had like a, a buttload. Eight, nine, I had 10 cards or something in my empire at the time. And I didn't like having to go through and saying, oh, what? Solstice is coming. No, this card does this on so like constantly having to refer back. Right. So I, I I gave it a I gave it a pass when we played it three players saying, you know what, it's gotta be played solo. So I played it solo. I gave it a second chance solo. Still didn't enjoy it. And I kept thinking, but everyone seems to like it. What am I missing? And finally I told myself, you know what? Forget it. You're not enjoying it. Just accept that and move on. Tanner's Trail's got a solo. Try it. Really? Yep. It's got all different types of modules in it. Uh, but I don't like solos with a heavy reference rule book. On Mars, Vital Lacerda, which we just mentioned. We liked On Mars a lot. But I have z- that solo rule book is so wildly different. And it, uh, no, I have, it's too heavy. It is. And so, in the reference, what Rutledge was talking about, like, how at what point does a game become too complicated for what it's worth? I think that you can only juggle so much until you begin to lose fun. I like, I do understand that there are some people, like, 18xx games, which is the type of game I've, I've want to get into because that idea of stock investments and planning and something going on for many hours is something that I think would appeal to me. It, it, it would be the type of game that I would thoroughly enjoy. But yet I can see if the game is super complicated, at some point in time, you are going to, it, it will drain you of what fun that there is. And now you're just working. And I think that with like Vital Asserta games and other games like them, it gets to a point to where you're just frustrated because you can't remember the rules. It feels like you don't know what you're doing. And if you are not, if you're not able to play a game with the confidence of I'm doing this right, if there's that nagging thought in the back of your head that you're doing something incorrect, you're not going to have fun. There's just very few games that allow you to to just enjoy yourself. And we discussed fun at the beginning of the episode. Fun facts. But we're looking for the fun factor. You gotta have that. And we, I we, need to derive pleasure from a game. And if I do not derive said pleasure from that game, I have zero desire to play it. Is there a game that you would describe as not fun that you enjoy? Oh, yeah. Well, or is that a topic for another day? No, there are games that I enjoy that I. You uh, know what? This ain't fun, but I'm liking well, no, it. No, there's games that I. Games that aren't fun that I enjoy. That that seems like a misnomer. It's like, of course, <laughs> if they're enjoying them, that is fun. 
It's like, uh, what you mean when, are when are there games that... that when, when, an example be of the that one political German game? <laughs> Diamocker. Yeah, Diamocker. No, I, I find that fun. This, so, no, the answer... I don't see how anybody can answer that question correctly because that would mean I'm playing a game that I don't like. If it's fun... Or if if it's not fun, you won't enjoy it. Period. You cannot enjoy something. I mean, fun and enjoyment seem to go together. Yeah, they're the, it's like the same thing. I love you, but I don't respect you. you know, <laughs> I don't like you. I don't like you. Know, it's, it's one of those things that you go. You'll you have to philosophically bounce around in your head. But I think what you mean is: is there a game that I recognize that this is a lot of work, but yet but I still find it fun? It's like once I get through all the work. I'm enjoying it. That that I think that's really what people mean when they ask you that. And so, for instance, I think off the top of my head, the first thing when you said that that came to mind was 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 Game of Thrones. Like I, yeah, that is a lot of work to set that up to get people lined out to negotiate that, and I enjoy that. It is work because the entire time I am plotting. It's six hours of me trying to figure out who I'm going but to. But you enjoy that. I enjoy it. Thereby but, but it's work. It is work. It, it is, is work. it is a mindset of I've got to get this done. I've got to figure this out. It's like so who can, can I manipulate into my favor of where I can yeah. gain all this? So, so you can and enjoy you can enjoy your work. Right. So, so for instance enjoyment doesn't necessarily mean fun? Right, so I can have a, I can work at a game, and thoroughly enjoy sense. it. So like, I could enjoy truck driving. That doesn't mean I have fun at my job. Right, I'm just sitting there driving a truck by myself. Here, here's a good, here's a good point. Cosmic Encounter. I don't care if I win. I'm not putting any work into playing Cosmic Encounter. You give me my guy, my character, whoever. I'm going to play that game. I'm going to have a heck of a amount of fun. I'm going to, I don't care if I win. If I win, it's great. If I lose, it's fun. The whole thing is just stupid fun. I'm not working at it. Uh-huh. That is completely different from a game like Guy Project or Brass. Guy Project isn't fun for anybody. Or Barrage or any of that. I'm just I am kidding. working. People like that game. I am working and I'm having fun because I am a deriving pleasure from the fact that I am able to make this game well, work. You're, okay, so you're, but you said you're having fun because you're deriving pleasure. So we are correlating enjoyment, pleasure all with the same fun. Thing. They're all the same but thing. But I don't think it is. That, yeah, they are. By definition, they are. But that, this is what I said. I can enjoy my job. I can enjoy the fact that I I can turn on podcasts and drive my truck. I don't have to mess with nobody. As far as my job is concerned, I'm not having fun. I'm doing a thing that's not terrible. But also, I enjoy it because during the process, you know what? I'm appreciating the fact that it's not terrible. Here's well, here's 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 the, here's the definition of it for you. Fun? Is this from Webster's? No. Otherwise, not interested. Fun is what you actively and creatively engage in for your pleasure. Pleasure. So, so, pleasure. Wait a second. Wait a second. Hold on. Enjoyment encompasses both entertainment and fun. Entertainment is the thing that makes you have fun. Enjoyment is the thing you feel when you watch something or someone entertain so that's hard to kind of wrap your your wrap around so let's go back to speak i feel like he's got words to say i'll try my best but i might i might don't let me down i've set you up so do it going back to bring me enjoyment with your words going back to the to the um what jerry mentioned for game and thrones of where he finds enjoyment of working at the game so Let's say that that all three of us were playing Game of Thrones. We each are factions, uh-huh. and Jerry d- divides a plan. Fun factions <laughs> devises a plan of where he's going to try to have me, me and Gobby fight. Backstab Bane. Uh, yeah, he does yeah, that. Like it, like me and you fight uh-huh. each other, and and he'll try his best to seem like he's on. One right. of our sides. He derives pleasure from that, yes. He's going to try to figure out a way of how can I make Gabi or Enrique think they need to fight each other and they think they need this 
this one spot on onto the board. And he'll try to convince one of us of where... Okay, I'll get to your point real quick. Come on. Well, I told, you, I told you you shouldn't have let him. Let's go. Yeah. Enjoyment or fun. You're setting it up a lot. Let's get to the point. Mainly, he finds enjoyment of us fighting fighting over something that we actually don't need. But he de- he placed this this idea of where we need to fight each other. Right. So is that enjoyment or fun? That That's enjoyment and fun because he has... Enjoyment and fun. So you're saying they're has, the same. Because he has successfully implanted this idea. Okay. Uh, okay. Seeing his plan go right. into motion. So you're saying they're the same. Yes. They are. Enjoyment okay. and fun are the same. They're just okay. different. But what you're, I think the point that you're trying to get at is, is. Okay. Well, okay. Let me say this. Let me say this along these lines. I just thought of this. There are, and it may not apply to everything, but I just, it just came to me. There are movies. No, this makes sense. <laughs> there are movies that me and you have said we enjoy. I don't even know if enjoy is the word. Respect. Uh, Schindler's List. Mm-hmm. War for the Planet of the Apes. These are movies I have zero desire to ever watch again. But in the moment, I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. I don't, I wonder if it applies to board games. Is there a board game where you're like, oh my God, this is an amazing board game. I have zero desire to ever play it again. Because to me, that's more along the lines of what we're trying to get at. Because enjoyment might not be, it's not the right word. I did not enjoy Schindler's List. I enjoyed the artistry of it, the direction of it, the acting in it. But it's like, the plot and all that, you know, and even War from Planet of the Apes, that's a miserable movie about miserable things. But you're like, my God, this is amazing. I can't. Uh, this is this. I've had this conversation umpteen times. I think one time I had it with Bubba. And it's one of those we do not. You remember how I always yell about how definitions are important and people don't understand words. And this yeah. is one of yes. them. And I never can recall this. Pleasure. Pleasure. Is not what you think it is. Okay, go ahead. Nobody gets this right because we think of pleasure. We think of ten different billion other things, and you, we all use it wrong. Right. So, in the common vernacular, that's different. Pleasure, just to make sure that I got this laid out right, is the feeling of contentment that we achieve. And that's important. That we achieve whenever we feel that expectations whether these expectations are set by biological or social conditioning, have been met. So, did did you hear anything about fun there? No. No, just pleasure is the, the meeting of expectations. The contentment when something is achieved. There's expectations. We have achievement. We- uh, uh, that makes, like, reading, finishing a book, it's like, I, I'm okay, I'm glad I accomplished that. Enjoyment is the sense of forward movement and accomplishments. So that, that makes sense. So, That's why I've, well, we've talked about before how like when I play a solo game and I complete it, it's like I feel a feel, feeling of accomplishment the same as if I had done something other than sit in my room and play a game. And it could also mean like you were you were you like the like the fact that it it achieved the expectation of what you were expecting. So, and me and Bubba have had this conversation umpteen times and I cannot remember the details of it because happiness and pleasure are not the same thing. No. There's, there's, there's distinct differences there. And, Reason for this is that that's dopamine and serotonin. There's difference between fun and pleasure. Dopamine is, I'm going to eat this cake. It gives me dopamine because I like to eat. Dopamine, 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 dopamine. That's pleasure. Get Pleasure causes addiction. Because uh-huh. you're setting a biological marker and you are meeting it. And your brain says, here's some dopamine, good boy. So your body says, this is a thing or a social condition. And you say, this is a thing. And it's in your head. And So it, buying a board game is can pleasure. bring you pleasure. Because it and gives you, get you dopamine. It. Because you are engaging in this social norm, which is not a norm for most people, but because you are listening to 18 different board game podcasts and on Facebook and all this other things, and you see these people playing board games and you go, I want to play board games. What You're like, thing? I want to pleasure myself. How do I do that? By buying board games. And you see people with them because we don't watch people play board games, but we do see people show what they have purchased. 
That's the marker. That's what we're trying to achieve. That's the pleasure. That's the dopamine. I buy it. I feel good. I put it on my shelf and never open it. The And then I feel sad when I look upon it and say, I've never played that game. The enjoyment is the activity for which you engage in that you do in connection with the fun. It is the actual game. So, and that is not dopamine. That's serotonin. That's completely different. It's a completely different thing. Dopamine, pleasure, that all ties into becoming addicts, which is why... When you meet other people who engage in the activities of playing board games and you find ones that are just collectors, get nothing wrong with that if that's their hobby, but they fall into this thing of just buying board games, they're chasing the high that they'll never achieve. They're not enjoying playing the board games. They enjoy acquiring it. They're enjoying the dopamine hit that they get having it. And then there's these weirdos that have 10 board games that they play consistently. You don't have to call them weirdos. Why well, do you got to say why do you got to say that? Because you sit there and you look at them and go, how could they enjoy that? Why are they But that's exactly but they do. They enjoy it because they are not engaging in pleasure, in the dopamine, in the acquiring of things. They're in, actually engaging in a creative activity. And that's why and that's different. That is why, well, that's why you've got dozen more games on your shelf that you, we have not played, that you haven't even opened, because you've got the dopamine from it. You got what you needed. You never really wanted to play the game. You just wanted the dopamine. And or, so, or in your brain, you're envisioning the joy that you supposedly would derive from playing that game. Correct. And so it is incredibly hard. Like Pinterest is this thing of you go, you find pictures, you find ideas, you save them, and you think, I'm going to make this thing. And you have a board where you have saved all these ideas. A vision board. A vision board of, I'm going to do this. You'll never do it. Because you've gotten the pleasure of thinking about it, planning it, and your brain says, here's a hit of dopamine. The serotonin that comes from, the dopamine is me buying miniatures and saying, I'm going to paint these. And looking and getting the paint and having everything and I get the dopamine. That's also the motivation. I don't have dopamine to set out the miniatures and paint them. That's serotonin. That's me going, I know the moment I start painting, I will become addictive because I will see the progress I'm making and I'll just start doing it. So that's why it's kind of like a, a goofy thing where everybody who paints miniatures has tons of unpainted minis that we need to paint. Speaking of which, you painted my aliens yet? Yeah, see, I, I've got to get Brian's done uh, for a scythe. Well, what's the game we played uh, where all the aliens are rushing in, yeah. the real-time one? Yeah. Uh, you painted them yet? Zero. Uh, Elite. Project, Project Elite. Elite. You painted them yet? I'm working on it. You got that dopamine hit. Got the problem. Taking them home with me. I got to get the I gotta get serotonin. But no. What is ketamine? <laughs> That's a short <laughs> horse tranquilizer. You take it with your horse dewormer. I've seen that on several TV shows. They're like, you got any ketamine? Ketamine drugs. Why do you want ketamine? To knock somebody out big time. What's fun in that? It's a high. You get a high from getting, but you're asleep. No, no, no. It's, it's, it's like, you, you got to chase the high, though. If, you, if you're used to taking something else, you got to take something else. You got to take Dopamine. Wait, serotonin, dopamine, ketamine. Mm. I want that ketamine feel then. You would die. <laughs> You would absolutely die. I know it's like a big drug these days. You'd absolutely die from it. Really? Yes. You'd uh. just drop dead if you took it, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Why you say that? Why Me specifically. Yes, you, preci you specifically. Why is that? Because there is a reason why you see people who abuse those types of medications mm -hmm. and their size and their stature. <laughs> I'm just going to say. They're small people? They're small people, and there's oh. a reason for it. Oh, okay. There's a reason. You're, when your heart's beating 100 <laughs> 80 miles an hour you're when you're taking something to slow a, you're down. Saying, you're saying the big man can't handle it. I think that it's also stored in fat cells and adipose tissue. Ooh. So you would probably house mm. a lot of ketamine. Like a warehouse. When you cut, they, they <laughs> cut you, you bleed ketamine. I'm a virtual outlet. I'm an outlet for ketamine. Plug <laughs> in. <laughs> I'm I am like the Burlington Coat Factory for ketamine. <laughs> oh, man. Last time I've been to Burlington Coat Factory, that place was rough. I just dated that myself. That's a dangerous the place. Everybody likes the Burlington Coat Factory. Uh, they used to have commercials for it. And I thought you it take $500 into the Burlington <laughs> Coat Factory, you're a king. You can close a village. That's right. I'm done. I'm tired. I gotta go home. Me too. I too have to go home, even though I'm already home. Enrique. Yes. Do you have to go home? 
Yes. He hasn't slept all night. Mm, and you got to work tomorrow. I'll be fine. He's been playing I'll Fortnite. Be, um, fork knife. He's been playing Fortnite all Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we love you all. Thank you for listening to our show. I'm surprised you were able to express your feelings to the audience. You should have Dan Hughes on. He's a psych nurse. He can tell you about this stuff. He's a friend of the show. Uh, Send feel, him a piece of mail. Feel free to <laughs> donate to our future PayPal account. I'm Gobby. This is Jerry. This is. Thank you for listening to the Board Game Snobs. Stay classy.